Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon. On Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Happy New Year! It's January the second, twenty twenty four. My name is Jamie, and um, yeah, I told myself I, I, I will I will start, <laughs> but that's my fault for for the streamyard issues and all that stuff. So, nonetheless, I we'll, we'll try to be on streamyard next week. I hope. But anyways. Um, I hope everyone's new year was good, uh, great, um, fabulous, and um, you know, um, let's talk about this Cowboys game, because this Cowboys game had a lot of controversy in it, um, you know, a lot of people said Cowboys cheated, Cowboys, you know, should have won, I don't get, I don't get where you get the Cowboys cheated from? Cowboys never cheated. They had a, they just had a lucky bounce. I mean, Detroit was beating them throughout the whole entire game until a couple of drives that Dallas put together, and um, basically Mike McCartney almost gave the game away. But let's dive into it. Jared Goff. I always start with my quarterback comparisons. Jared Goff went 19 for 34 for 271 and, and a touchdown and interception. So he played all right. You know, he put the Lions in positions to win. Um, he, he got sacked once, but he, threw the, he turned the ball over twice. Both crucial plays in, 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 at the other end of the field. So the amount of pressure that we were giving to Jared Goff, um, we, we didn't... We didn't provide that throughout the whole entire game to Jaragoff to the point where he was standing up upright. He was just doing a, he was just doing a lot of things uh, to will his team to win. And I I'm not a big I'm still not a big Jaragoff fan. I never been a fan of his because only only because he he he's that type of quarterback that doesn't care about. You know, doesn't care about improving his game, and so, and so he goes to Detroit and has a brand new offense and uh, some weapons, and now you, you call him the great, and now he's led y'all to the playoffs. Y'all should be happy with your quarterback play. I mean, I, I wish honestly, I wish this next game. Teddy Bridgewater gets some run because Teddy Bridgewater is retiring and I don't want to hear anybody in any goat sounds and any goat memes uh, for Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater is not a goat Teddy Bridgewater is, is a, has done nothing well I, I say this respectful, respectfully everywhere he's gone his career has been screwed by injuries and I do think, to his credit, the way he has stepped, stepped stayed upright 
is beyond me. In order for him to retire, I mean, I'm just going to say, man, I'm going to say to Detroit, rest your starters. Rest your starters. You are you Clemson, NFC North. You don't need to put them out there in, in harm's way. But then again, I'm not. I'm not Dan Campbell. But Dak, Dak went 26 for 38 for 345, two touchdowns and an interception. He was sacked three times, which which it was expected because you got the best pass rush in the in the. And in, 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 no, I'm sorry. The third pat, the best, the third best pass rusher in in Hutchinson in, in, in NFC. Um, he forced he forced some passes a little bit to CD, and uh, to the point where it, it, one of them was inter- it was intercepted. So that pass that he threw was force feed to CD Lamb. Uh, he overthrew Cooks twice, and then. It was okay. The, the drives were all right. I have to blame Mike McCartney for some of the play calling that he was calling. Uh, but Dak played okay. It wasn't his best. But I think the Lions got into his head a little bit. I saw Dak maneuver in the pocket. I saw that he was able to make the throws. You know, if it wasn't for uh, the 92-yard reception by C.D. Lamb on, on, on a broken play, that the linebacker went inside and completely missed him so i'm pretty sure at some point he's going to at some point today or yesterday he got embarrassed on film that happened so that should have been a sack but nonetheless we scored and we scored a touchdown that played well and um you know kudos to him for reading the line of scrimmage that the the, the that the lions were, were displaying I didn't like that last drive where we, we literally threw the ball, gave them time to uh, to get set up. I didn't like that at all. But I can forgive him. Number two, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb says, the, says a record-breaking season. Oh, by the way, let's play that clip from CeeDee Lamb, please. CeeDee Lamb on that 92-yard touchdown catch. numbers 122 receptions for 1651 yards and 10 touchdowns now he beat michael every single season record i think mike michael had i can't remember the, the stat they saw the stat i saw the stat the other day i can't remember it but congrats to cd land for on a record-breaking season uh you need to pay the man he aggressive route running very trusted and then are we done with Michael Gallup? Now, people have said, I, I heard the post-game shows. People have said, what can we get from Michael Gallup? To me, I don't know. I don't know what you can get for him. However, he needs to be on this football team because you need three solid wide receivers. And if you take him off, 
then it's almost like you got to start over again. But then again, Jalen Tolbert is starting to emerge a little bit. And so at that point, you may have to make a decision with Michael Gallup. Let's see what you can get for him. Right. Maybe, maybe, you know, I heard the conversation of maybe getting a one, maybe getting a two. I don't think a one, I, I don't think a two is worth it. I think a one is worth it. I think if you can move up in the draft for this year, I, I would say take it. Like what, what one bad team will want a receiver that can put up numbers like Gallup? Like he's li- literally annihilated from this offense. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him catch a ball in many weeks. And so, I'm not saying we should trade Michael Gallup. I'm saying that we need our three best receivers on the field. And Michael Gallup fits this mold. It's just that CeeDee Lamb's on a tear right now. All right. So, let's dive into this drama. Number three, Lions. So, Lions fans, I know you listen to this podcast, and I know that from an athlete's perspective, I know that y'all are still bummed about it. Like, look, you're eleven to five, right? You bless you. You are eleven and five. You have won the NFC North. You're done. This game shouldn't even matter to y'all, but it, but it is because. <laughs> Because you want momentum going to the playoffs, which I understand. I understand you want that momentum going into the postseason. I get it. However, however, though, you, your coach is being ultra aggressive, and it is is a good thing and a bad thing. First of all, I want to hear his explanation on the two point conversion, please. Play the Dan Campbell explanation of two point of the two point conversion. You had the ball at the fourteen yard line. You scored on a touchdown pass, right? The stat says go for two because you know we live in technology. We live in a world that the stat matters, and, and everybody from high school, college, pros, everybody's going for two. Or fourth down to win the game or get that next down. And I'm gonna I wanna hear from what Dan Campbell has to say. So play that clip, please. Both Decker and Sewell went over to Brad Allen to Taylor went three more. And Skipper was sort of running that way. Uh, I don't know, can you explain why there was so many linemen going in that direction? Is that just some self-defense and some if you're running a play like that and 70 is your jumbo tight end and they know that because that's what he does for you and then you're going to decide you're going to make 68 eligible and he walks over to the ref and then the ref stands over 68 for you play and then hold the ball and stand over his point do you think you're going to be able to throw the ball to 68 no so it's about eligibility that's what it's about and it has nothing to do with the ref. The ref knows. He knows because 68 reported. It's for the defense so that they see three different people, and you're just hoping they happen to not hear that it's 70. That's all. Now, 
you saw what Hutch did last year here at Green Bay. They did the same thing to us, and Hutch picked it off, right? Antenna was up, just kind of, oh, all right. He made a play. I guess it talks with How do you guys want to talk about this? <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting into it. No, I had it on a piece of paper. Our, our play, what our players have. Stop it there. Okay, uh, so, anyways. Um, you had an opportunity to go to to tie the game up before I get to that play. You had a game. To, you had the opportunity to tie the game up. You said, "Let's go for two. Okay. First of all, you tell Brad Allen. Brad, I understand Brad. Brad Allen is getting flack right now. And I honestly, I I, I kind of like the explanation of what he said after the game. And I wish I had the quote to pull it up, but I forgot the quote. I'm sorry. It's a new year. It's a lot. But anyways, in my explanation, Brad Allen should. Well, let me let me swim back a little bit. You play for overtime. You had Dallas on their heels. That's why everybody from Stephen A. to those Cowboys haters are saying we were lucky to win this game. You had those MFers say we got we 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 got lucky. You're right, but we didn't cheat to win. We played a full sixty minutes. Actually, you know what? We played a full thirty-six minutes because that wasn't our best ball. And especially in a home crowd like that, that wasn't our best effort out there, period. You know, I was sitting there nervous. I was sitting there. I was like, man, dude, y'all can't play like this in the postseason. I don't care where you play, on the road, at home. You cannot play like this. You had Dallas on their heels. You had Dak saying, I'm pretty sure the conversation was saying, hey, Dak, when they, when, when they tie the score up, we're going to go. We're going to go because we have the most prolific kicker in the league. He can kick from 65 if, if, we, if, we, if we had that opportunity, which that's a good conversation to have. But you played, you had Dallas on their heels the whole entire game. Literally. I don't understand why you go for two numerous, numerous times. After that first penalty, okay. The second one, no. The third one was a hor- was a horrible play call. So play for overtime. It's not going to hurt to play to play an extra fifteen minutes to get a victory in Dallas. And then you got haters laughing at us if we lose that game. But I don't know why, guy. This day and age, we don't play for overtime. We can handle an extra 5 to 15 minutes. We can do that. If you're a passionate sports fan, you can handle overtime. You can handle staying at the bar or at, or at a restaurant for extra for an extra 15 to 20 minutes watching this, this football game. Just like those fans that went to the game on Saturday. 
But Dan Campbell, you should, Lions fans, you should look at your coach, the reason why y'all lost. The reason why y'all lost is because your coach was ultra aggressive and making stupid play call after stupid play call. And this is why y'all will lose in the playoffs. Because of that attitude right there. Play for overtime. And for Brad Allen, 68 reported. 70 reported. Well, he says 70. To me, when I looked at the film, he says 70 reported, but not 68. So, if two linemen are coming up to you, Brad, one of them is saying, I'm going to report. You can't just turn your head quickly and go tell the defense about that. You got to take that in. Or even let's go before, before the game. You talked, you had a conversation before the game was the ref. That should have been logged into your mind. And this is why I can honestly say Brad Allen may loop, may not ref again this, this, this season because of that. But let me tell you something. If we live in a mistake free world, which we don't. Then Brad Allen will be, will be refereeing next game. This world gives you one mistake, and then that's it. It'll cost you the game. We're not talking about two or three mistakes. We're not talking about uh, we're not talking about a, a a missed call. We're talking about people's livelihoods. Brad Allen does this on the weekends. He goes from with his crew goes from every country to every country, officiating football games. There's no way this man should lose his job over a botch call. No way. Lions fans may say, "Oh, he should lose his job because he cost us the game." First of all, you didn't need to win that game. You had everything in the bag. You were going to be the third seed. Okay, fine. How, you're going to have home field advantage. Fine. You want to meet Dallas again? Fine, whatever. You name the place, we'll be there. Actually, you have to come to us. But for me, I don't think Brad Allen listened. I don't think he listened. I don't think he logged into his mind. And honestly, I don't think he should lose his job for this. I think he should officiate another game or a playoff game. But put him on notice. And his crew. Well, actually, I can't put it. This is individually him. This is on him. So put Brad Allen on notice. Not the other, not his other crew. I can't take away their paychecks. I don't definitely don't want to take Brad Allen's checks either. The man has a has a livelihood to live. I mean, other people want other people will want to take his paychecks away. I don't. I want him to keep on refereeing and acknowledge his mistake, which he will never do because because <laughs> you as you as you can see, when athletes criticize officials, especially in the NBA, you, you you're going to expect to find the other day. Like, for example, let me give you another one. LeBron Saturday night, right? 
This is this happened the same. No, not the same. This is thirty minutes before. On LeBron's 39th birthday, shout out to LeBron. Happy birthday to him. And I'm pretty sure our, our very own Gabe celebrated LeBron in some other way. I don't know where, where he celebrated that. But anyways. LeBron pulls up, shoots a three-pointer. The official calls it a two. Okay. Now, upon replay, I played basketball for a long time. Upon replay... Your, your inch has to touch the line. And in this case, none of his toes touched the line. His shoe, like, his starting point started outside the three. So, be, be, beyond the line, it started at the three for LeBron, okay? Where he landed was on the line for two, so the, the official called two. So the official, uh, the official when LeBron loaded when when LeBron tried to make to shoot a jump shot, he was supposed to land at the three uh, on the line on the three point line. They call it a two, but instead LeBron started outside the three. So LeBron. It was inches away from a from a two point shot. If he would have if he would have started at the two at the line and finished below the line, then they would have called it a two. Said he started outside, barely outside the line, landed on the line. They called it a two. In replay, uh, Tony Brothers, who people say he's the best in the business, I think he's the worst in the business, honestly. Tony Brothers is the worst official in the NBA. I'm sorry. You don't give people, players their say. You team up for nothing. He ruled it a two. So he's going off replay of what New Jersey said. And I'm like, you have three officials there. You have wasted five minutes of our time going through the play, talking to whoever you need to talk to, to get the damn thing right but you have three of them that are looking at the replay that's what happened with Brad Allen this Saturday night you had NFL headquarters looking at the play you had four or five officials talking to you about who reported who did not So the communication between players and officials is off. Because first of all, LeBron got robbed. And second of all, the Lions got robbed as well. They thought, yeah, they got robbed. Yes. But I don't think the Cowboys cheated to win. This is why when you fail, the, the, the officials literally gave you another chance. After twice. After Micah Parsons screwed up the penalty. They gave you a chance, a third chance. That's why I say, you know what? Pull my guys. We're going for overtime. We're playing for overtime. So the solution for Bad Allen is don't worry about it. The solution for Lions, move on. Because honestly, I'm not happy about this victory either. And I'll tell you all on my next point. So number four, Mike McCartney again. Mike McCartney 
I don't know what he needs to do better. He's been in this business for 40 plus years. He's been a coach. Yeah. A player and well, he, I don't think he's played in the NFL. But you've been in this business. You won a title. This is concerning. You had an interception. I think it was at the 30 yard line. Okay. Why not run the ball? Why not run? Why are you throwing a pass to stop the clock? You literally gave Detroit the game. You're saying, okay, Detroit is your hands. We'll give you y'all's 12th victory. And in this case, you almost did that. So running the ball, you're playing for overtime. You could have played for overtime. I'm sorry, not overtime. You could have won the game. Your defense did not do a decent job stopping them. You gave Jared Goff the whole time in the world. So in that case, Mike, your game management skills need to be adjusted. You need to hire somebody that... But then again, that's a lot of hands-on. There's a lot of hands-on. Jerry, Steven... Um, who else? Dan Campbell, Dan, not Dan Campbell, Dan Quinn, all that stuff. This team shouldn't be in a position that they are right now. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be there. But they are. We won the game because of pure luck. But Mike, your time clock manager is very concerning to me and I don't think this this thing will fly in the playoffs and people will be calling for your head if this happens again Jerry loves it Jerry does not care about your your time manager because Jerry would not address it and he, and, and he is and I don't want him to address it I don't want him to address it because he's not the type of guy that, that's supposed to be on the field hands on it's supposed to be somebody upstairs that has to tell Mike, Mike, you gotta take this time out. Mike, you gotta run this play to preserve clock to uh, to chew out clock. Do you realize that Detroit does not? If you chew, if you run the ball, Detroit uses all their timeouts, and you run out that clock. You have at least forty-five seconds, or or, or, or at least forty to. To, for them to get the ball down the field and no one's getting the ball down the field like Jared Goff in 40 seconds or less nobody nobody's doing that you're not you're not playing against Pat Mahomes or a, a Lamar Jackson or any of those great quarterbacks outside Jared Goff he's not getting you down the field with under 40 seconds left in the game Mike you can run the ball Make them use their last timeout on second down, and then you run the ball on third down, and then you kill more clock so you to set it set it up for your awesome kicker. So these things right here, you have to address it. You have to fix it because this is between this is between life and not life. This is between going to the NFC Championship game or not. We have the tools. Our path is big. Our, our path is easier than most teams are right now. 
We have momentum on our side. Our offense cannot be stopped. I'm pretty sure we'll play two home games, and I'm and I'm about to explain my last point. So number five, Detroit 19, Dallas 20. So we look at the Eagles. The Eagles, like I predicted, the Cardinals beat the Eagles 35-31. I said to Cardinals fans, Cardinals, y'all are playing for your jobs. What a better way to get a victory in Philly and keep your job. Even though you're not going anywhere. You did it for the coach. You played hard for coach because the coach used to be a different coordinator. So. But here's the thing. Here's the scenario. So we play the commanders next week, right? The Eagles play the Giants. So that is a 325 game. Both games will be going on at the same time. Oh, by the way, let me let me let me play that Dan Dan Campbell pissed off foot, please. Seventy reported. People can't report. I don't want to talk about it. Right? I explain everything pre-game to a T. Okay, I did that. Seventy reported. Fifty-eight didn't, or sixty-eight didn't. We threw it to sixty-eight. That was the explanation. I told the offense that we were we were going down 141 left. We're going to go down and score, and then we're going to go for two and finish this game out. I told them that, and so that's what we were doing. And uh, being backed up, that didn't change anything when you get backed up. To the backed seven, up where? To the seven instead of the two from the two-point play. Did, did you think it all? We were going for win. But anyways, so here's those scenarios. Dallas beats Commanders in Washington next week, right? They are the NFT East champs, and they are the two seed, right? The Eagles lose. Well, it doesn't matter because if, if, if the Eagles beat the Giants, we're the, definitely the two seed, and they're the five seed. So they have to go on the road and play a Tampa or Atlanta or, or, um, what's it called? or New Orleans. Which I don't out of those three teams, I don't want to play against Tampa. Honestly, Tampa knows. No, Tampa. I think I feel like Tampa know. Ta- Tampa knows Philly and Dallas, especially Dallas, because you played them last year. And Dallas had to go. I don't trust Dallas in the road. Period. I don't trust them. But. But. We lose, the Eagles win, the Eagles take the NFC East, and then we got to go on the road. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to play against New Orleans. I feel like our chance, I, I like our chances against New Orleans. I like our chances. 
I also like her chances against against Atlanta. So I like her chances in New Orleans and Atlanta. Not so much Tampa. But how we get the third seed? If Detroit beats I think Detroit beats Minnesota, right? We lose, we win. I'm oh, sorry, we lose to to the Cal. Well, sorry, we lose to the Commanders. The Eagles lose to the Giants. We are the three seed. It still gives us home field advantage, but we got to play a Seattle or a St. Louis. Not St. Louis, but a Los Angeles Rams. And so, again. I said this on my page the other day. Angela, Commanders, you have a job to do, right? If you want to keep that job, you have to go out there and play it like, like it's your last. That goes from Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera has lost seven straight games. Commanders. You ha- y'all have to go out there and play. No, I'm sorry. I- I'm sounding like a commander right now. <laughs> we have to beat y'all. Okay? Y'all have no chance. Y'all literally almost threw out Sam Howell out there. You you literally, because Joe Kobe said had a pers- uh, had an injury. So there's not, there, this has victory all over it. Literally, if I'm Joe, Joe, Jacoby Brissett, Wallace Travis, I him. If I want to be the quarterback for this team, I'm gonna play my my hardest. Because you never know. They may go back to Sam Howell. They may transition and make Eric Benetti the head coach, which I think he should be the head coach. Probably in Washington, maybe may, or maybe elsewhere, but. If I'm the Commanders, I don't take this game. I put it to Dallas. There's weaknesses in Dallas that we have that need to be fixed. Tyler Smith may be out. I don't care what that report says about. Well, I heard the radio yesterday, and I heard Brian say, "Oh, he may play." I'm like, "Why? Why go out there and risk it? You already clinched." You don't need your left guard. You don't. You you work Tyler Bass in there, and and, and he will get the job done. You work him in there and to get some reps in. If Tyler Smith is not ready to go, don't put him out there. Don't put him out there. And I can honestly say, if we would have had two more vi- victories on the road. If we would have beat a Buffalo and a Miami, I would have told the Cowboys, we need to rest Dak and others for this Commanders game. Because the Commanders are not showing anything. They're not showing any effort at all. What has Ron Rivera done? What has Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett done? What has Ron Rivera They can't even run the ball. The only two composed people out there on this Commanders team is Angelo and Terry McLaurin. Those are the only two people that are calm about the commanders right now. They don't go out of their way and trash the team. They should. Because they're the ones that are paying their ticket. They're the ones that are paying their tickets to go watch this mess. 
Every season is something. But yet, the Cowboys will beat them. The Eagles, I don't know about the Eagles and the Giants. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that the Eagles are on a downfall. And I'm loving every every bit of it. Alright, so did you get that? So if we win, the Eagles lose. We are the two seed. We lose, the Eagles win, we are the fifth, we are the five seed. So I don't want to play on the road in the postseason because I don't think it'll fare as well. My two points, the offense needs to be fixed, and the defense finally came through and forced two turnovers. So we'll definitely talk about that Cowboys and Commanders game next week. And um and I'm assuming we'll have our playoff matchup. Now, our playoff matchup could be on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But after the Commanders game, I will know more about that. But let's go into college football, please. College football last night. Alabama, Michigan. I think. I think Nick Saban's days are ahead of him. I think I, I I said this before the season. I said Nick Saban has to accept more victories. So if you beat a South Florida seventeen to three, you beat a Arkansas team twenty four to twenty one. That tells me all dominance is lost. You're not recruiting the same amount of players that you were 10, 12 years ago. Those players are making their decisions on the fly and they're out of there. They're going back home or they're going to a college that will set them that 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 fits to their strengths. You don't have Alabama has issues. And I'm not saying Nick Saban should retire. I'm saying the game has caught up to Nick Saban. The game has caught up to Nick Saban. These teams are coming. Michigan beats them 27 to 20. Okay. I was so angry at Nick Saban and, and Jalen Murrow. I thought Jalen Murrow took the next step. I thought being outed. I thought being replaced during the season. I said his career is over. He might as well go ahead and go ahead and transfer. But I say, you know what? I watched the championship game. I watched the. Uh, I watched the, uh, well, no, sorry, the SEC Championship game. I watched the, the it, before that, I watched the, the, the Auburn game. And I said, okay, I like where he's going. I love his progression. And then this came along last night. In my years watching football, I have never seen a quarterback get sacked six times. I never seen a team have offensive line issues. I never seen a center not snap the ball effectively. The blame should go to whoever is that center should go to him along with Jalen Murrow and Nick Saban. I mean, you worked on snapping the, the snapping the ball is the easiest thing in the book. You worked on this all season long. What is the problem? Y'all had issues last night. The offensive line had issues outside. That's why they had six sacks. 
fight in the first half. They couldn't get their offense going. Nick Saban does not care, care for adjustments. Jim Harbaugh made adjustments. You can't have the same amount of team every single year. I don't, and I'm starting the question: Why is why is Alabama in the college football playoff game? Why are they there? You had one job. You were up by seven in the second half. I'm oh, sorry, in the fourth quarter. You had one job to put them away. Why you allow Michigan to go down the field and score? I don't know. Y'all couldn't stop a soul. Alabama's defense is in downgrading to the point where the defense end said, I'm out. And honestly, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. How are you going to sit there and allow Michigan to run down your throat? I have no love for Michigan at all because of the former Boston and all that stuff. That's. That's personal to me. But y'all had a chance. You're telling me that y'all couldn't y'all couldn't adjust? Y'all were nervous. Y'all can't even get the freaking ball off. That last play was disastrous. I don't care who the great group is that. That last play on fourth and goal? You can't run that play. He lost his snap. He had no control of the football. You can't run that play. Michigan was saying, we're going to give you the game. Two blunders that Michigan had. Two, well, actually three on special teams. The fumble snap. Two costly pun returns that, that one of them almost ended the game. Like, if I'm Michigan, I just down the ball. Just don't go near it. Just don't go near it. But then again, Michigan wins this game because Michigan has the will and the power. And they're proving the world wrong. They're not victims, guys. Remember, Michigan's building their resume. I'm sorry, they're winning, they're winning the games on momentum. They're winning the games because they are the better team. They're not doing this because to prove the world to, to say, oh yeah, our coach got ousted, our coach was a victim. No. They're saying, they're saying we are the best team in the country. That's what Michigan showed. And honestly, they were giving you on the game. So why in hell would you not take advantage of that? Michigan overcame a lot. You talk about the coach getting suspended for three games and then Sharon Moore not owning up to the job, which is why he did not get the job because Sharon, I will tell you, you got to own the job, bro. When a coach gets suspended, well, and I, and I say this in personal stuff, in life, right? You have to own your mistakes. That's what you call it. You have to own it. That's what you call accountability. In this new year, you have to own something. You have to own it. You have to own it. You have to say, you have to cherish it. 
I don't care if it's your pride, it's your life. You have to own it. You have to make the decisions for you, not for somebody else or somebody else. They're suggesting. Like, for example, Sammy owns this studio, right? <laughs> she owns it. She owns it. Every piece of this equipment is hers. She owns it. Beyonce owns it. Stephen A owns this crap. We own our podcast. Oh, we own it. Shaw Moore, you gotta own your job, bro. When a coach gives it, this is hard, but when you made those comments, that turned away a lot of potential opportunities for you to get a head coaching job at a power five school because you did not own it. You didn't own it. You said this is Harbaugh's team and you went off from there. No, you have to own it. In the near future, yes, yes, you will get a you'll get a parified job, but not right now. Because they want to see you own the team. They, they want to see you own the football team. They want you to hold players accountable. And they didn't see it. They did not see it from you. It was why you're still at Michigan. But I'm, 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 but like I said, I am tired of seeing Michigan play football. Period. I'm tired of it. And honestly, I don't know why I'm keep on talking about it because, because I have no ties to them. So, Michigan is going to the title. Alabama is not. And I'm telling you this. This is going to be the norm for, for everybody. Alabama, you, 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 <laughs> Alabama is not going to be your last stop. Okay. And Nick Saban has to honestly say, I have to accept more victories. And Jalen Monroe will will get better. He'll he'll get better. He'll he'll regress. And he'll 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 do his off season work. He'll he'll do his craft in the off season. He'll get better, but it's not enough for this game. So, but we go to Texas and Washington last night. Texas really, Texas really screwed themselves last night, guys. When you put it in Quinn Ewers' hands, it was set up for disaster. Washington wasn't pressuring y'all. Washington almost gave y'all the game. Okay. I hate the fact that on the last drive of the game, two passes, one of them was knocked down. Well, actually, watched three passes. One of them was four passes, sorry. One that was knocked down, the other one he threw it out, twice he threw it out of bounds. And then you did not give Adelaide like Mitchell, who is 6'4", a chance to receive the ball. You're going 6'4 versus a 5'9 quarterback. Who's going to win that? Who's going to win that? The wide receiver almost on. You didn't give him a chance to fight. A chance, you have speed on the outside, you have height. And then you have physicality and the, the Tavion Sanders. So you had speed, you had physicality, and also you had height. 
all three players that I mentioned are skilled enough for the ball. Quinn, you do not get the ball to your best players. I was not happy with that last drive. Because you, you could have gave Adelaide Mitchell a chance to receive the ball. It was one second left. So, again, when you play in Quinn Arizona, he's not going to lead you to a victory, which happened here last night. Texas should be playing in the national championship game instead of Washington. Washington won this game because Washington says we hate the fact that we are not taking we're not taking it we're not taking it seriously and honestly Washington's is not a solid 14 and 0 there's many weaknesses on Washington Washington's been winning this thing on momentum and heart more heart than momentum and I noticed when when Washington I noticed I noticed when Michael Pennance was not being pressured I noticed that Washington had the game in hand because I didn't see the same Texas defense that I miss, that I saw all season long. Texas getting out to the quarterback. Texas, you know, holding the opponents to 264 yards on uh, overall, but instead Washington had uh, 532 yards of total offense. That is their offense, guys. That is wow. It's all numbers. But I'm not happy with, with what Texas displayed on the field. This team is going backwards instead of forward. I hate the fact that I have to talk about Malik Murphy. We needed Malik Murphy last night. And I honestly wish he was still on this football team. And I can understand him transferring to transferring to Duke, which I don't. I which I well, he'll he'll be long gone. But I I can't throw a Quinn or or Arch Arch out there because those guys. Because first of all, Quinn's going to screw up the game, and Arch is never going to be ready. I don't think Arch has the skill to become a college football player, the uh, college football quarterback. I don't think he's good. The name. The name is iconic, but I don't think that he's going to excel in college football. Let me say this again. I don't think Arch Manning is the best quarterback in football. I don't think he will excel in college football, period. He's just the name on the back. And people call his name out all the time because they want to see him They want to see him play, and they want to see him be like his uh, his other family members, like an Eli or a Peyton, more Peyton than Eli. So I don't think he he has that type of skill. But I want to be proved wrong. Prove me wrong. Texas goes to goes to the off season with a lot of regress. This team regressed. To their old plays last night and it showed it showed now we're saying are you ready for the SEC are you ready for the SEC that's what we're saying right now 
Because the SEC is a physical sport. Uh, ask Alabama. Ask Georgia. I'll say more Georgia than Alabama because Alabama has regressed a little bit. Well, actually, Alabama still still going to be Alabama as long as Nick Saban is the head coach. Alabama is still going to be in it. What do you do in the offseason? How does Sark get his team ready for the SEC? Are y'all ready? I don't think you are. I think, I honestly think that Quinn needs to sit beside Vince and um, who's the other great quarterback? And Colts. Because those guys, Colt McCoy and this this young May Texas great. Those are the two quarterbacks in two thousands. Yes, I'm showing my age a little bit, but those are the quarterbacks in the two thousands that showed that showed greatness in, at Texas. So I would say, sit beside them, pick pick from them, learn from them. Instead of learning from, from other people that have never played a quarterback in, in, in their entire life. Or maybe learn from Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel went to South Lake. So learn from those guys on where to place the ball at. So that this does not happen again. So that you're better equipped for the SEC. Right now, I don't know. And I'm hoping to get some answers soon rather than later because this is going downhill fast. All right, guys, that's it for my college football and my Cowboys takes. Uh, let's let's take a break here. Coming up next, let's talk some basketball, basketball, some unity basketball. I might, I will, do, and also let's talk about the five things I want to see in 2024. Let's talk about this next. It's Fishel Radio's Beyond the Game. I'm with you, I never get enough Slow wine, I'm not in a rush I can hear 
music in your head Tonight we're rolling, party till closing Since I put the ring on the finger, it's still frozen Love in slow motion, I wanna feel you over me, yeah Something magic in your eyes, yeah Girl, I love the way you ride it And it happens every time you arise, right Girl, I want you in my life, yeah There's a heaven in this right, yeah. I will never leave your side, stay tonight I'm in West London this evening Giving me the feelings, no, I'm not leaving Till I fly Atlantic weekend, weekend. Nah. Girl, I'd rather go find somewhere quiet You glow And I get lost here in your eyes I'm again, I'll be so Girl, you just capture my soul I'm again, I'll be so Make me wanna just take you home
you and Just for the night, yeah, just for the night Don't wanna lose all that I have You could be amused and help me catch But I just need you to come break my back If you wanna attack, then it's just that That's just life I'ma be real, you just my type I got a man, but he ain't in sight right now, so Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. And also, um, so breaking news about 30 minutes ago, Adam Sheffer reported that Brad Allen and his crew will be working the Steelers and Ravens game on Saturday. So they will not screw that up. And let's play a clip from where Taylor Decker said his piece. So let's play that clip, please. Uh, they didn't tell me anything after the play. Um, I mean, all I really want to say on it, just so I don't get myself into trouble, is I mean, I did exactly what I wanted to do and um, went to the ref, said report, and uh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it was my understanding, too, that, you know, Dan brings up the possibility of those sorts of plays pregame. So uh, I did, did what I was told to do. And did we didn't practice all week, and uh, I mean, that's probably all I'm really going to touch on with that. It looked like Jerry did tell you to go over there, and you were all over there. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not much more I can add to it. I mean, there's, you can see the video of it. And, um, it is, I guess. What does it say about this team that they fought and got themselves back in position to make that play? Um, I mean, I would say that we had a lot of opportunities earlier in the game, and we didn't play clean enough offensively. Hats off to our defense. They played a hell of a game. Um, so definitely want to give those guys credit. Um, and ultimately, like, when it came down to it, we, we tried to make all the plays we could, and we just came up one short. Did it feel like a playoff atmosphere out there? Yeah, definitely did. I mean, as Hank even said prior to that last two-minute drive, he's like, this is, this is like playoff football right here. So, um it was good to go down there, no timeouts, and, and execute that drive for a touchdown. Um, like I said, unfortunately, just came up one point short. All right, guys. So so I just want to play that last clip from uh, Taylor Decker. He was the one that caught the pass and, and unfortunately did not count. But anyways, we move on to basketball. And I, I, well, by the way, I have one more clip from Jerry, not Jerry, uh, Jimmy receive his ring of honor so I'll play it on on the last tip but anyways guys let's talk about some basketball let's talk about some UNT basketball right so UNT played LSU not LSU uh, not LSU the football not LSU the school but LSU Shreveport they beat him 8-57 obviously two game winning streak 
So I wrote down five things, and I want to respond to what DJ DJ Draper, former Mean Green sharpshooter, said on the broadcast on Saturday. And I totally, totally disagree with him. He was asked, "What team do you see? What, what, um, how do you see this team right now?" He said that they're a great team. Okay, DJ. You can't say they're a great team when they are 7-5. and five. They're two games over 500. You can't say that shit. You cannot say they are not a great team. They are a good team. They are a working product. They even had the LSU Shreveport guys. That is supposed to be a blowout. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Don't take the 20 blowout as, as a dominant game for, me, for North Texas. This was not a dominant game for them. They struggled. They struggled with the athleticism of that Shreveport team. They struggled with them. They were quick. They made a bunch of shots. The only thing that that killed them was the fact that they couldn't play defense. And also they were they're, they're, they were dry on a bunch of they, they turned the ball over a lot. So, so that's why LSU Shreveport did not win this game. However, I don't agree with DJ on this at all. You got to be honest, DJ. You got to say, this is a team, like Coach said, we are a work in progress, which I agree with the coach. We are a work in progress because we have not been perfect. Okay? And let me tell you why. Let me tell you what I see in the game. What I saw in the game. I saw no offensive flow. I saw... Uh, scramble possession. I saw a, a bunch of passes that were not there. I saw a lot of. I saw um, on ethical ball movement. I didn't see a lot. I didn't see a lot of ball movement. Um, the inside presence for Soko is concerned. So again, this is not an inside team. They don't throw the ball inside. They, you know, Soko gets the ball down there, right? Your first instinct is you're backing down as a defender. You got, you're right there. You're right there. I think he did it once. You're right there in the paint. Just score over him. But you don't, you don't do that. You back, you back your defender down, and then you're kicking it out to, to shooters. Thank God you have three-point shooters. Because if you didn't, then you would have gone up and scored. But this is concerning for me because. I I always want to see a big man score down there, down low. And if we can't get that, then we're screwed. We're screwed on the inside. We need a post touch for Sioka. We think he can can score. he, He can score. But it's concerning. Uh, 12 from 32 for three-point range. Briggs and Edwards must keep shooting. So, yeah, those guys, those two guys, Briggs and Edwards, they have to keep shooting the ball to give us a ch- give us a chance. Um, transition defense needs to improve. So, uh, I can't remember the number that we gave on the fast break points, but we need to improve defensively in that round. We 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 have a good half court defense, but defensively in transition. I feel like if, if teams are running on us, running shooting the ball effectively, then we're, we're then we're going to get killed 
in transition. We're gonna kill. We're gonna get killed in the game. Um, like I said, the coach said it was a work in progress. I I believe that. So um, this team, this team has been healthy. They're trying to work some guys in the, the mix, but I don't think it, it's working right now. Just give it time. Give it about the comp, mid conference play and see what happens. Uh, they are picked to six six to. To, in the conference, so this is not conference USA where you can just up and win it. This is American conference where you where nothing's given. You have to go after it, and all those teams in American conference are going after what North Texas wants to go through. So you got to go through, uh, I, you got to go through all those teams. In I think you have to go through. Uh, honestly, I, I think you have to go through FAU. In my mind, even though they lost to the Gulf Coast, I think you have to go after FAU. Because I think they're uh, in Memphis. Because I think those two teams are the most athletic teams in the league, especially FAU, who made the um, who made the Final Four. And poised to make another run again. And I, always, and I say that Dusty Mays is the best coach in America. I can also say Penny Hardaway. Is the best coach in America. I can say that too. But I'm not going to say that. Well, maybe I just did. But, but you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting season. And North Texas has finished six. Picked the win to finish six in the league. So, we just got to see what happens. The first game is against Wichita State. Which, uh, that is on ESPN2 on Thursday. And so Wichita State, oh man, it's, it's going to be a tough game because Wichita State's quick and physical, and they, they're going to have our best shot. Number two, let's talk about the women. Then the women lost 74 to 64 to Charlotte. I, I honestly think Charlotte's well coached. I don't know how long that coach has been there for a long time, been there, but they're well coached. She's going to have her teams playing well. And so, Demetria Lampkin has 16 points and 6 rebounds, but she shot well from the field. She went 8 for 9, but she went 0 for 9 at the line. Was it the, well, again, it was a difference in the game. But also, what proved the other difference, and also I want to say a rest in peace to Evan Moore. He's the, he, he's one of those guys that, uh, that, uh, that on the on the basketball team, on the women's basketball, you're playing against men. So basically, what it is, is you play. The reason why you play against men in practice is because you, the men have physical traits. Well, I'm not saying women don't either. I'm saying that men have physical specimens, and so you have you hire men to play against you against men against women because. Women, because you're trying to make sure that women are physical, are, are ready for the physicality of basketball. So that's why that happens. It happens everywhere, all the time. And so he was one of them. And I heard that he was trying to get a chance to play, play on the team elsewhere. And unfortunately, a car accident happened. So rest in peace to him and prayers to his family and friends. But nonetheless, the game. So inability to shoot threes, that is concerning. It's always been a concern for North Texas all season long. We don't have a, a good three-point shooting team. Um, I don't know what our team is, honestly. 
I do think we'd like to throw the ball inside. But, you know, when teams stop that, then you got to have a three, you got to have an outside shot. Momentum after the first quarter, we were up 21 to 12 after the first, and then, you know, all of a sudden, we're down 35 to 28 at the half. And so, they did it off turnovers. Again, turnovers turn into points. 22 turnovers that we had turn into points. 22 turnovers. So, I'm like, we got to make sure that we don't turn the ball over in transition. This has been our norm. And, and if coaches keep this our norm, we're going to lose a bunch of games moving forward if, this is, if we're going to continue to average 20, 20 turnovers a game, like I've been saying before. And that's two straight losses. And weaknesses, that's my, that's my fourth take, is showing his head a lot. So we have a lot of drought possessions. I just saw, I don't know who it was, but I saw our pull-up mid-range game and she airballed it. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be our weakness. We can't hit pull-up shots. We can't hit threes. We have no offensive flow. And Jason Burton says it's okay. Is it okay to run this offense? It's okay that we're ten and three, that we are the best team in the nation. And I don't think you are. I don't think you are right now. You're a good team, but you're not the best. Now, granted, you took four charges. Which, to your success, great. That's good. But I don't think that y'all need. Y'all have a lot of work to do. And that work comes with that work comes with practice and dedication and attention to detail. You gotta you gotta focus. It starts tonight again. Keep frustrations in check. So there's a lot of frustrations in the in it. there's a lot of upsets upset ladies in the game. So we gotta keep it in check. We gotta make sure that we gotta keep our cooler head. Because we gotta make sure that we're on a mission here. We, we want to win. But in order for us to win, we gotta keep a cooler head. Alright. So, Tim, they played Temple tonight. And then FAU on Saturday. I'm sorry, not Saturday. Sun, next Sunday. So, I think that game is on b during the Cowboys game. I don't know why they put that game during the Cowboys game. I don't know why. Who was watching that? Like I said before, give it about two weeks, you'll see effective basketball. Two weeks time, you'll see effective basketball. Hear me, Angelo. Hear me, Sammy. In two weeks, you will see effective basketball. Period. So... Caitlin, so in the new year, these are the five things I want to see. Let's start with women's basketball. Number five, number one, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark has all the intangibles in the world. They say she's unstoppable. They say she is the best, the greatest women's basketball player in the world. Do you realize that she needs 378 points 
to get to be number one all time. And matter of fact, on December the 6th, she accomplished this feat. Let's play the Caitlin, Caitlin Clark clip, clip. Caitlin Clark's clip, please. Let's play that clip. By Goodman. Here's Marshall with Mark trailing. History in flight. You bet! Caitlin Clark! 3,000 career points! By Goodman. Here's Marshall with Clark trailing. History in flight. You bet! Caitlin Clark! 3,000 career points! By Goodman. Here's Marshall with Clark trailing. In flight. You bet! Caitlin Clark! 3,000 career points! So, so Caitlin Clark hit that on December the 6th. So her last five games, 35, 35, 38, 28, 35. So like I said, she's 378 points away from being number one, the, the number one player that scored, <laughs> the leading score in all time history as far as points goes. And I, I hope she gets it. I do think that around tournament time she'll get that feat. But then again, it's like, why do you stay another year at Iowa when Iowa has said we don't need Iowa has not recruited a player like yourself to replace you? So that's why I can understand the feelings. I can understand them. I can understand making a, a hesitant decision. I get it. You love Iowa. You love the coaching staff there. Whatever is brewing to Iowa outside of basketball, you love it there as well. So the WNBA is listening your path, and I don't think you're in the number one. I, well, I don't think you're worth the number one pick. Which Indiana, it has that number one pick. Honestly, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go Caitlin Clark if I'm Indiana Fever. I'm sorry, I don't do. I don't. I won't do that. But that's that's a different story for a different day. So. She's averaging 31 points a game and seven rebounds and seven assists. So we'll see if she gets that feat. Like I said, 338 points away. The the weakness that she has is physicality. If you throw her around, she's not going to respond to physicality. All these players that are defending her right now are giving her space to maneuver. So that's that. If you be physical with her, then then there you go. That's fine. You'll be you, then you'll win a bunch of games against Iowa because that's her. That's her offense. That's her offense. Caitlin Clark's her offense. Number two, staying on women's basketball. How do you? How does Texas survive in the Big Twelve without Roy Harmon? Now Roy tore her ACL in practice. Not her fault. It just happens. You're probably seeing you go up for a layup or you make a play. The knee tears. It's just a bad feeling. I've seen it before. And so um, you just got to roll with what you have. And I do think Texas is, is, is the best team in the Big 12. I don't, I, I, 
my third point would be TCU, but TCU hasn't really played anyone, and I don't think I don't consider them as the best team in the Big Twelve as well. So even though they they have gone fourteen and zero, I don't think TCU is the best team in the Big Twelve. Tech, I do think Texas is Tech, but te- but Texas will be all right without Rory. They'll be all right. They lost to Baylor the other day by six points, but. Roy makes up their off their 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 whole entire team, not their office, the whole entire team. She runs the, the she runs the show, and so they'll find a replacement. They'll they have players there, well seasoned players. It's always good to have a veteran team because when you have a veteran team, you hold other players accountable. You're able to know you know the game more than the other players do, than more than than your te- younger teammates. So I do trust that. Alright, so men's basketball, number three, Kansas. I'm sorry, number four, Kansas. Kansas, are they ready for the Big 12 title run? So, they have Hunter Dickerson, they have Kevin McCall Jr. Uh, they'll pick up the load, guys. Um, I'm interested to see Texas. I'm interested to see Texas Tech, and I'm interested to see the Baylor in Houston. How. I mean, I want to see Texas Tech because I want to see how Grant McCasm coaches this Texas Tech team. They're averaging more points than he's. Something's happening in Tech to the point where he cares about the offense more than the, than the defense goes. But they're still scoring offense, but they're still carrying on defense as well. So, so I want to see what is brewing when that matchup happens at against Kansas or any other team that Tech plays against. I want to see what's happening. That Tech is getting, that hey, he's being so successful over there. And I want to see Kansas hold that Big 12 title again, but they got their work, work cut out for them. Just like I don't care about Texas football, well, just like I, I, I'm hard on Texas football, I'm hard on Texas basketball as well. And that's both men's and women's. Alright, so this will be my last point of the, of the day, the NBA stuff. So, I hate to bring bad negativity into the new year, but I have to. Because what we witnessed, we will never witness again. And these teams have a chance to witness history again. Especially this team that I'm about to name right now. Well... In a few words, the Spurs are five and twenty-seven. They've been blowing out every game by at least thirty plus points. Detroit, they're three and twenty-nine. Again, Washington, they're six and twenty-eight. That's Washington Wizards. Uh, they are inconsistent. They're garbage. Inconsistency. They have no flow to the game. Charlotte, Charlotte has eleven straight losses, and they could be a team that can reach the 18 to about 28 threshold maybe even more because that is a bad of a team the read i saw this the other day and it said the nba the, it said charlotte the charlotte hornets are the only team in the nba that have never played on the christmas on, on christmas day yeah i saw it and i said and i said there's a reason why Nobody wants to watch a, 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 a wife beater. Nobody wants to watch Miles Bridges. Nobody wants to watch a, a guy who plays 
20 games a year in LaMelo Ball. Nobody wants to watch a coach that doesn't make adjustments to Steve Clifford. Nobody wants to watch an ownership go down the drain like a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has a great game, but Michael Jordan has put this Charlotte Hornets team to shame. This is why you draft Scoop over Brandon Miller. This is crazy. Nobody wants to watch that. No one wants to watch bad negativity on Christmas Day. They don't. Because you know why? The audience is positive. The audience wants to bring a LeBron, a Kobe, rest, God rest his soul, Steph, uh, who else? Uh, Giannis, Luca, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, um, Joel and me, who he who did not play, Tyrese Maxey on Christmas Day, because they want to. They are positive players that are doing well for their teams. They the NBA and their audience want to see that instead of they want to see a team that's on the downfall. They don't want to see a bad team every single year. They want good chemistry to keep the uh, the audience in line. Keep them. And the NBA is doing the right thing of doing that, of keeping them, keeping the Hornets out outside of Christmas Day, because the Hornets, the teams like that, should never play on on the holidays. Now, Detroit. Detroit shouldn't be celebrated because you know why? This was a shame, a shame that y'all went through. Y'all went through two. Y'all went through two months of losing basketball. You finally got the monkey off your back. Which, let's play half a clip of Monty Williams, please. Play half a clip of it. Tonight, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I mean, I've been in a ton of locker rooms my whole life, and uh, that's that's a first for me to have that kind of um it wasn't relief it was just like thank god you know final and uh guys were screaming i was almost in tears and um i'm just so happy for our guys i'm happy for everybody in the locker room um you know sometimes it just takes a win like that to get things started and, and all the situations that um, our young guys are growing in um, it was pretty cool to be in it and come out on top in the midst of it you know you check my armpits and other places right now wouldn't but at the same time um, the locker room was just it, it was pretty cool and um, I just have so much respect for our team um, the way they come in every day. I, I, I've said it so many times. I think people may have thought that they were okay with losing, but they came in every day with a great spirit, and they wanted answers, and they <clears throat> came in wanting to learn and, and try to get better. We rarely came into the, the gym with um, a bad spirit. We, we always had our joy because we knew that... Um, if we put it together, we could not just win one game, but, you know, put many wins together. So I just respect the heck out of our guys. I'm really happy that we finally got 
a win because it's so hard to win in this league. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. This may be okay. to be determined, but usually teams learn to win at high stakes games like playoffs. Yeah. Is it there could be some irony in this losing streak? So anyways. So you heard Monty Williams. This will never happen again. I hope it doesn't, because I, I can't imagine a team go through that and the players give up like that. Like a Cade Cunningham. Let's play that clip from Cade, please. time coming so don't want to go back to where we were. What did you see, see in your team tonight just to battle and finish this one out? It was close all game but you were able to play that solid 40 minutes you guys have yeah, before. I think that's what it was. We just were solid for longer. Um, 48 minutes is what we've been preaching and we've had slips that we're just digging ourselves too deep of a hole <clears throat> but this game just felt like solid throughout. Um, we had a couple lapses, but we picked them back up, picked ourselves back a little bit faster than we have been. So uh, I think that was the key to the game. I asked Monty about that while he was just up here. Can there be like the irony and it takes this? Most teams learn to win in the playoffs or they get into the playoffs, but you guys had to learn while going through something that no team has gone through before, the complete opposite, right? And this is probably said the best 48 minutes you guys have played. You guys haven't really ended games poorly the last few. It's just maybe been the second quarter, like. Do you think there could be some irony in learning how to win by <laughs> trying to end the worst? Yeah, <clears throat> that was the message. Like when we got into the foul game later on, and they hit a couple shots, um, and then they got tight, got back to four. Like man, we hadn't been in a situation like that in a long time where we're up and we're trying to hold on to a lead and in the game. So um, I think moments like that are are to know how to win games. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so. Man, I mean, we just kept battling. It's been a long, long stretch of these losses, man. But um, I'm just happy to be a part of a group of guys that don't quit and bring it every day and, and still, you know, stay positive and uplift each other. It's cool to be around that. So I couldn't be happier for the group. Okay, when he said there was a sense of relief in the locker room, just what was that like for you? I mean... It's been weighing on us heavy everywhere we go for two months, which is unreal, you know what I'm saying, for it to have been that long. So, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a long time coming, something that we have been pushing for for so long. Um, and so to finally get over that hump, like I said, I mean, it's, we're not trying to go back. Now, it's, now it really begins where we see who we're going to be. Um, and they're going to continue to play the fire that we've been playing with, and if we're going to continue to stay together and, and try to put full 48 minute games together. I mean, you said after the Boston game that winning just one game would be soft. Um, how do you bottle this up and take it on this West Coast trip that y'all We got to keep the same fire. I mean, at the end of the day, our third win. Um, so we're not 
anywhere close to where we feel like we should be. We dug ourselves a, a deep hole, but we just, you know, day by day, try to get ourselves out of it. Um, get a good start today. Gets a good Toronto team um, that smacked us last time we played them in Toronto. So it was a good win for that. You get this one, and now we take our take it to Houston and, and try to keep it going. So we'll never see that again. Um, I appreciate Cade acknowledging that. And y'all at some point have to play hard. I don't care if you're young, I don't care if you're young or old. You have to you have to acknowledge everything. Acknowledge your mistakes. And make sure that you that that, that this this does not happen again. You don't become the livestock in the NBA. Or any other league. Now, these teams that I mentioned, at some point, they need to get a grip. At some point. Because you can't be young forever and, and go through this nonsense. At some point, win something. And in this case, the Spurs may. If they figure out a way to get win me the ball inside, then then yes, we then we'll, we'll win a bunch of games. If not, then this this franchise is going to go down the drain. And I I can say that because I'm a Spurs fan. All right. So before we go, Jimmy Johnson got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not to the Hall of Fame. He got inducted to the Ring of Honor the other day. And this is motivation motivation noise. That I want all Cowboys haters to hear. And then we'll wrap it up. Let's play that clip from Jimmy, please.
So guys, you heard from Jimmy. Um, congrats to him being on and being on the Ring of Honor finally. And so there's more guys. Add to Tall Jones, Jerry. You gotta put these guys in the Ring of Honor before something happens. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. So next week, that's it for today, guys. I hope I did well the first show of the year. I'm going to try to get StreamYard on this thing. I'm going to try to get StreamYard working. Because I want to see the graphics in the background. But next week, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Commanders game. Let's recap that game. Then we'll talk about the playoffs. Okay? Then we'll recap the, the National Championship game. And then it's the Maxwell stuff. From the NBA to college basketball. We're going to cover it all, guys. It's a new year. A lot of things are coming, and um, and uh, and I'm working hard at it, guys. All right, please like this video, subscribe, and I will see y'all next week. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie Agenti Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie Agenti Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.